there's a, a lot about the body and uh, that we just don't know. This is one of the reasons I love psychiatry as well, is because it is one of the last frontiers of medicine. Because you can not know and still get paid? <laughs> so rude. Can you, can you edit that out, Jesse? No, leave it. Dear Sigmund. Who are you? Hey, I'm uh, Dr. J.P. Sham. I'm a psychiatrist, board-certified psychiatrist, and forensic psychiatrist. Um, and uh, I am an inpatient medical doctor. And uh, yeah, I treat patients mainly with medication. I leave a lot of the therapy up to people like Shannon. Me! <laughs> I'm Shannon Miller. I'm owner of Apricity Behavior Health, an online um, therapy organization that meets the mental health needs of... Um, American expatriates living overseas. That's kind of our specialty, but we treat everything. I was going to say. Sort of everything. And everything knows. that it's appropriate and ethically responsible to treat online. If your IP address is from mainland America, though, you, yeah. You're not solely treating individuals abroad. Who are you with? <laughs> Who are you? Who are you? Therapy regulation board. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I thought. Look away. Look away. These are not the droids or whatever the line is. Um, and this is, uh, well, but you are listening to DearSigmund.com. Mm -hmm. uh, you can listen to our podcast wherever you are. Uh, to that one listener that's listening. You can be wherever you yeah, want. Yeah, you, you can, can take us with you wherever you go. Um, yeah, and uh, please visit the website and ask your questions at DearSigmund.com. Is that a segue into asking so. a question? Dear so. Sigmund. I work in a job that has a lot of veterans working there. I have one particular coworker that feels the need to try to push his weight around and talk down to, the, to people and make empty threats about not being afraid to get into fights with us. Mind you, he was a sailor working with a bunch of Marines. How do I talk to him and let him know that would be a bad idea? Which part, the, the getting into fights? Well, it sounds like she... I think so. I the think question that's is... Different. All right, yeah. so... Sailor refers to, this is somebody that was previously in the Navy, and Marines are obviously Marine. It's a big deal in the military community of how you refer to each other and the tension between the two groups. So oh. did I just drop some yeah. knowledge on you? Yeah. And that, well, yeah. yeah. You probably avoided a lot of like angry emails in for like, don't call us Marines, we're Navy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Um, Hoorah. <laughs> you want to talk about this? Uh, so the question really is the question. No, I want you to talk about this because you're probably going to know more about this. But I guess the question is, how do I let this person know it would be a bad idea to push his weight around through talking through down to people and making empty threats of being not afraid to fight them? Well, first of all, this person probably is really struggling with a whole bunch of internal stuff themselves. Yeah, I mean, that was the first thing I was going to say is, one, <laughs> take a step around. back and recognize this person's projecting their shit onto the world at large. Yeah. Hurt take people. Take a deep breath. Hurt people. Yeah. That, right? Yeah. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Right? And. Honestly, yeah. From the question, I just, you know, it must be really terrible experience to work with this person. Um, but you don't want to go up to me like, dude, I can see that you're struggling with a lot of issues. Would you like to talk sometime? Like, that's not going to fly either, yeah. right? Like, this isn't a touchy-feely environment. Fair. But you also don't want to be like, I dare you. Throw a punch. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> this is a tough situation. Mm-hmm. Not really. But tell us how to fix it. Says the woman who's 
the smallest one in the room. Um, well, one, I would just say, don't sink to the sailor's level, right? Yeah. Like, if he's going to be big and blustery, you just maintain steady, even keel. Like, nothing is more threatening than someone who won't rise to the occasion. Mm. Just like, look at you going crazy. How's it feel to be out of control? Well, I'm totally in control just watching the show. Like, you just stay steady Eddie yes. the whole time. That in itself is threatening and unnerving to this person that's losing it. That's a that's a really good point. Right. And then the other thing is avoid it. Is mm -hmm. this person really worth the effort? Like, is it worth tangling with him? It may be. I don't know. But might not be. Probably not. Probably not is where I would be leaning. Right. Yeah. And so you just want to like weigh it out. Like, is this even worth dealing with it? Right. Because the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. Just be indifferent to it. That would be steady most, and yeah. indifferent. Whatever. Probably and just go about powerful. doing your thing. There is power in that. Yeah. It's soft power, power nonetheless. Potent, potent power though. And I would also say probably what Which a lot of the these people of are doing. Impotent. Oh, I have a lot of experience with that. <laughs> the <laughs> a blue pill. the idea of uh, well. Some of these behaviors likely are driven by trying to get the reaction out of other people. Oh, big time. Right. So responding to it in a way, anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, don't do that. Don't yell. Don't come on, man. Just calm down. Oh, come on. Don't hit anybody. That is getting a reaction. Also, oh, I dare you. I dare you just throw one punch. I'll kill you. You know, that kind of thing is You've never really been a around real the military, reaction. have you? No, but that was that was me okay. pretending to be a person who could respond to somebody violent other okay. than just shrinking okay. violent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that indifference, I think, is the most potent and powerful. I think response. you would probably say, please, I'm trained in nonviolent communication. Please come sit. <laughs> and nunchucks. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> would Chuck Norris do this? Yeah. Um, I think also not taking it personally. And again, we're just back to recognizing hurt people. Hurt, hurt people. people. And I often advise my clients, watch it play out like a movie. Remove yourself from it as if you're watching it on a TV screen. Go so far as to sort of imagine who would I cast in the role of this guy? Mm. You know, Chuck like, Norris, probably. Chuck Norris, maybe. <laughs> I was actually thinking like Tom Cruise, thinking he's all badass and everybody's oh. like, Ugh, dude, you're five foot four and you stand on a box. Like, come on. Oh, interesting. You know, like who who would play him in a movie? Who would play you in a movie? It's a well-worn script. I mean, if this person's writing to us, this has gone on for more, this isn't an isolated incident, right? Yes. So this has happened repeatedly. Behaviors are becoming predictable. Watch it like it's a movie. Like, oh, here we go again. Well, oh, five minutes into the day. Yes. You know, kind of make that joke. How many minutes into the day can we get before so-and-so makes a threat? You yeah. Know? I got seven. How many minutes do you got? And right. then you just sort of over have under. What's the over-under on this? Exactly. Yeah. You really depersonalize from it. Watch it like it's a TV show or a movie. That's another technique. Um, another one that's probably not going to be as comfortable is looking at how you are actually contributing to the situation. Mm. What are you specifically doing and what's the culture of the workplace that you're contributing to that has made this acceptable thus far or that he feels he can behave this way? Really take a look at yourself and say, all right, am I playing a role in this? And how, what can I do to proactively change my behavior to manage their behavior? How can I manipulate them through changing my own behavior? Yeah. And that's hard, right? Because you're like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. 
he's just an asshole. Right. Uh, well, maybe. Yeah. One percent chance. But there's also a 99% chance there's some micro thing that you could do that would release the tension a little bit of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, The other thing is if nothing's getting to him, one-on-one, you know, pull him aside one-on-one and just say, dude, what is up? You know, like just have that honest conversation and you want to affirm all the positives and just kind of – Go at like, hey, you're kind of doing this or that. But you want to affirm like, I'm not trying to one-up you. I'm not trying to be better than you. I'm just like trying to show you how to get along here with everybody. Like you might not really be aware or. You think, I'm trying to picture this. Is this like in an office setting or is this like on a ship? Like in the field? Because I'm picturing. I'm guessing that I'm picturing an airport hangar. Okay. All right. Because I'm picturing my office and if a guy is coming in here threatening to fight everybody. That is that is not tolerated. You're and calling that person security. Will be, yeah. No, see, see, I'm picturing more of like a lot of the businesses that that attract military veterans okay. because they Got have their skills. So it's kind of a quasi-military sort okay. of feel where everybody sort of has that common background, and there is that rivalry between Marines and Navy. Well, Marines and everybody, but Marines and Navy. Mm-hmm. Right? Marines think they're superior to everybody. There's also that to consider as well. You've got the Navy guys. You have an inferiority complex. No. Not warranted. I'm not making a statement on the value of Army versus Navy well, versus Marines versus Space Force. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. <laughs> Close second, Coast Guard. <laughs> we and just lost our listener. TSA. <laughs> TSA. <laughs> TSA for the win. Did you know, no. though, that CDC employees are uniformed officers? No. Yes. Huh. I didn't know that. You think they get a siren they can like throw on the top of their car? Coming through. Vaccines. Yeah. Vaccines. Vaccine alert. No masks. No masks. You know. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But I would definitely say one-on-one where you're highlighting the positives, reaffirming him. And look, what do you have to lose to take like the quasi-submissive stance? Isn't that where the true power is? Let him think he's leading? Take yeah. a very Mandela approach to it. You think you're leading, but actually mm-hmm. you're le- you let the other person think they're leading, but actually you're leading from behind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're managing the situation. Yeah. And yeah. your life's going to be so much easier if you can just ignore it. Right. If you can just be indifferent to it, water off a duck's back, it, your, your day is going to be so much better. Right. And recognize yeah. hurt people, hurt people, yeah. looking at it like, well, here we go again, you know, yeah. and just really separating yourself out from it. Take a drone perspective of yeah. it. Hover above Watch it play out. Gather data from it of like, oh yeah, this happens. Then he does that. Mm-hmm. You know, really sort of treating like seven it like minutes a, into the day. Oh look, or yeah, yeah, this was the trigger this time. Oh look, he hasn't had his coffee yet, or ooh, yeah, no sugar. But I think letting him know that he can't do it is, you know, I don't. That sounds like. How can I puff myself up big enough for him to know that he can't take me down? Right. You're gonna get you're gonna get a negative reaction. You're just gonna get him to puff up bigger, and then you're gonna puff up bigger, and, and then everyone's out of a job. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So go home and explain that to the fair significant enough. other. Yeah, well, we can't make this month's mortgage because I beat the shit out of somebody at work. All right. How's that gonna go over? I gotta apply to Space Force. They they take anybody. Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Good. They don't take anybody. I don't. I don't even know. They're if recruiting they're from recruiting. within the air force. Saw, oh, are they? 
Yeah. I, I'm just, I, I You only I know saw the Netflix show, it. right? Did you see the Netflix show? No, not yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Watch all the episodes. If you can I'm going to totally stick it's my foot in my mouth later when Space Force turns out to be this incredible thing. It must thing. be a man thing. What? It's a man thing. I couldn't stomach one episode. The of first Space episode Force. was spectacular. Oh wait, the guy with uh, from Steve the Carell. office. Yeah, Steve Carell and John it, yeah. Malkovich. Uh, oh, I do like John Malkovich. Yeah, there are a lot of great actors in this. I just remembered. I saw it. <laughs> Look at the impression it left. Look at how what an impression it left. Yep. That's amazing. When you just said that, I was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." I remember spending many hours of my life with that, and I had no idea that I even saw it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, that's that's unfortunate. Yeah. All right, right. Jesse, what's our next one? Dear Sigmund, why do people have an increase in depression and anxiety post-COVID? Are we post-COVID? Poco. Not yet. No, not yet. Um, I think what the question is probably asking, though, is after you have COVID? Oh, I was thinking, like, now that we're relaxing... I was thinking I think now that we're relaxing yeah. restrictions. Oh gosh, that is a whole that's a whole nother episode. I would say, um, we don't know. We don't know. There's a lot of vasculitic, there's a lot of clotting things, there are so you know. Oh, so you're talking about people that actually have had COVID yeah, that's what it the sounds long like. haulers. To me. Why why do people Okay, well after, you take that perspective, yeah, I'll right. take a different one. After after I have COVID, dear Sigmund, after I got COVID or after people get COVID, why do they have an increase in depression and anxiety? Um, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows, and I don't think we'll know for a really long time. There's a, a lot about the body and uh, that we just don't know. This is one of the reasons I love psychiatry as well, is because it is one of the last frontiers of medicine. Because you can not know and still get paid? <laughs> so rude. Can you, can you edit that out, Jesse? No. Leave it. <laughs> this, um, yeah, this idea that it's one of the last frontiers of medicine. You know, the kidney has, you know, we know a lot about the kidney. Almost everything there is to be, to know about the filtration system and the, you know, the molecular mechanism the of transport. Well, you could say the heart, the liver. We know a lot about these things. Um, the brain, which is what controls who you think you are, your thoughts, your feelings, what you love, what you don't. Um, it also controls all the automatic functions, the heart, everything. the liver, the kidneys, oh, everything so else. Central like autonomic system. That's yeah, true. Yeah, like, like it's... But what I'm saying is like that specific... Okay. You're going... You're taking me Go down ahead. a... Go ahead. We don't know much about how it works. Mm-hmm. Why your thoughts and feelings and memories all, you know how they work mm-hmm. uh, and it is one of these organs that drives everything and we really don't know much about it that's why I love psychiatry it's one of one of these frontiers of medicine that really has yet to be explored um, and really know more about but to answer that question very definitively there's a lot of uh, you know multi-system inflammatory responses there's clotting that can happen there's all these very kind of odd things that uh, other practitioners in other fields have noticed that are kind of atypical for viruses. Um, Even the loss of sense of smell is a neurologic condition. So we really don't know. So it's in your brain. If you've lost your sense of smell, the virus is already in your brain. Or at least it, it had something to do with your nervous system. Okay. Whether it's the nervous system, you know, from the area of, you know, the tissue of the inside of your nose that travels to the brain or whether it's in a certain area of the brain or uh, otherwise. Um, Could it be related to some of the upper upper uh, airway reaction inflammation response there? Uh, we, We just don't know. Okay. Which is what I, I think is kind of one of the issues of finding new viruses and why we do need to be a little more on guard when they first come out, especially one with, you know, 
fairly robust mortality rates, whether it's 1% or 5%, you know, depending on age group. These are relatively robust mortality rates and definitely have a lot of consequences that we don't know. Mm-hmm. I interpreted the question totally differently. Mm-hmm. I looked at as post-COVID is in as we're loosening restrictions. Why am I feeling so weird about it? Mm. Um, Why is my anxiety creeping up now that I'm allowed to do more? Isn't this what I always wanted to do? Um, And I would just say, well, that's natural that we worry about something that we haven't done in a while. You know, like if you don't ride a bike for 10 years and then you go out and you get on a bike, you're a little wobbly. It's kind of the same thing. And anxious. Right? So we were all anxious going into COVID. Like, how do I work the Zoom? You know, and now we're all quasi sort of used to to zoom like we all understand we should probably wear pants on zoom yep like that's now become the norm it's now like questionable how do i interact when i'm out do i wear a mask do i not wear a mask how close should i stand to you how close how far back should i be do we shake hands do we not shake hands can i hug you do we eat inside outside like there's all these things now to consider of reestablishing what the norm is yeah social norms Really need to be reset. That and then is you gotta practice anxiety so producing, right? Because yes. everyone's like, I don't want to screw it up. What are they going to think of me? It's like, well, one, they're not going to think anything because they're doing the exact same thing. Oh, right. They're worried about right. themselves. They're worried about the head. exact same thing. So I see that as like what this person's talking about here. Who knows? Again, because this person didn't leave us a voice recording, which would be amazing if they did. Um, or even call in. We, sh- we need to move the show that direction. Um, the other thing too is that's what I do that, every time I'm, I just call it in <laughs> phone it in <laughs> phone it in phone it in today the other thing too is what are we going to talk about like, when my life is pretty monotonous and boring so if we were like go out to dinner I don't know what did you do today nothing worked <laughs> yeah how's traffic don't know didn't leave the house what no, is there to talk about back to be like oh what are the COVID numbers today mm-hmm. you know the co- and they'll be like oh zero oh all right next mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> the other thing too is that our senses are in overdrive. Yeah. Zoom, you're looking at that person's face in real person or a face-to-face, genuine face-to-face in the IRL, same room. In real life. Yes. That's what they say. That's what the kids, kids say. <laughs> um, there's a lot of nonverbal information that now we're having to process as well, right? Facial yes. cues, body language, eye contact, all these different things. All this information's coming at us at once. And we've got to process it. And it's rusty. We haven't done it in a while. Mm -hmm. So that's anxiety-inducing as well. So that's anxiety. Right, because you're like, oh, what am I doing? What's the cure? The same cure for every anxiety, exposure therapy. Do it little by little. Mm -hmm. Challenge yourself. Go into that discomfort. Pull back. Go in. Come back. Um, You don't want to, like, go so far out, though, that it's totally horrible and you never want to do it again. You go out, make yourself a little bit uncomfortable, and then you pull back to your safe, safe zone. Yep. Out back out back yeah um so you're saying don't go to disney world and lick all the rides right away no <laughs> no do not do that do not ride it's a small world space mountain all just of that sort of stuff. The yes seat. yeah the handlebars of each ride yes but just go easy on yourself socializing is a skill yeah we're not inherently like oh, born knowing it how to do it so that's why we're rusty with it and anxiety leads to depression yeah. Good question. Whichever whichever question it was. Yeah. We have two interpretations, so I'm hoping we got one That's of them. mine. Okay. You, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the next question? The next question is an audio question. Nice. Ooh. 
Why do people believe in conspiracy theories? Why are conspiracy theories so easy to believe? And why are people drawn to conspiracy theories? Uh, and they keep holding on to them, even when logic and science refute them. Oh, that's a that's a really good question. By the way, that I think that was the same listener that called in. It's last our time. listener. It's our the one li listener. The listener. The listener is very active. <laughs> um, conspiracy theories are very interesting in that they take a morphology. Well, they are always moving, and I think that that's why they're so hard to shake. Anytime you get evidence against a conspiracy theory, well, that's just because either. Well, the conspiracy theory wasn't totally accurate. That's why it's a theory. We're still working on it. We're still figuring it out. Um, or there's the stance that people could say, well, uh, that is evidence that it is a conspiracy theory because the evidence came out to the opposite. These theories do not operate in fact. They operate in kind of these ethereal ideas and therefore you can mold them to fit whatever the evidence is saying or you can fit them around pieces of information and if that piece of information doesn't fit well that must be false and that's a false flag or that's planted by you know somebody who's trying to fight the conspiracy that's that's my initial take your QAnon membership card came today oh, <laughs> just was signed the back of Q, it. I'm here for you man yeah. um all right, so here's my take on it. Conspiracy theories exist because we all kind of believe in some conspiracy theory somewhere. Yeah. To some extent, we all believe some conspiracy theory to, to whatever degree, right? Like lately, we've been really inundated with some really outrageous ones. But kind of all of us sort of are like, mm, why do they exist? fringe society, people that feel that they've been marginalized by the norm, this gives them a place to belong. This gives them the place of power. I know something you don't know. Mm. What does that do? It places them in a next higher, it, it equalizes the power. Mm -hmm. It brings them into a group where they didn't exist before. Yeah, position of power. Right. Um, Knowledge. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is power. Yeah. The more you know, um, which is a local, what would you call that? Like a little know. advertisement, yeah. like a little public works PBS, thing, PBS yeah. thing that they put totally. on TV here. Um, but also they give certainty, right? We, we, human beings do not like uncertainty. I have the answer. Yeah. You don't have it. I have the answer. Then I can be calm because I know the answer. Not only am I calm, but I also have power. Yeah. And it makes things, maybe, maybe it explains things that don't otherwise make sense, too. Humans mm -hmm. are always trying to find explanations for things. Mm -hmm. We used to anthropomorphize everything, which is like give human characteristics to things that aren't human. So like, um, like cats thunder. Like cats and dogs? Yeah, it's raining cats and dogs. Or, or uh, oh, oh, I No, I mean like saying. people that I, I dress their cats and saying. dogs yeah. up for Halloween. <laughs> I was going to try to fit that into the statement, okay. even yeah. though it didn't quite, quite fit. Um, no, like the wind was just the God blowing, right? Mm -hmm. um, the sun is like, is a God that would come up, you know, wake up and then go to sleep and wake up and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and the stars were all celestial We're always bodies. looking to come up with explanations yeah, for things humans. that we don't understand. Yes, totally. And we often anthropomorphize things to try to give them characteristics. But that is a really human 
action. Now, the other idea is we're always exactly right, trying to explain things that we cannot explain. And therefore, if you're not playing with a full deck of information, you are going to try to come up with a solution. And if you don't have all the information, you're going to fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. um, also. Yes. Okay. We're both avoiding the white elephant here in the situation. <laughs> okay. People that believe in conspiracy theories tend to have a lower level of critical thinking skills. Yeah. We are not saying that they are stupid. We are saying that whatever education system they participated in did not adequately teach people how to evaluate what is a good source and a bad source. And it has nothing to do with intelligence. Noth absolutely right? nothing to do with intelligence. Right. It's how Very do you filter people. information? How do I check information for legitimacy it's mm -hmm. just that that skill is rusty and if the conspiracy theory gets to you first if that's the first thing you're presented with you know the vi the vaccine is actually 5g in you it is a very hard to come off of that because that person believes it and they don't have the skill to filter out other information that may soften that view or solid like solidify it even more. Well, they do solidify it more because Facebook feeds us. You click on it once, it's going to show up forever. I think we also need to kind of acknowledge that, that whole algorithm of like click on it once and you see it forever. Mention it once and you see it forever on your phone. So we keep getting fed things that are um, in alignment with what we already believe. We're not actually given counter information as often as we used to be. Yes. Right? And so now we filter that, put that in combination with less than optimal critical thinking skills, right? Like we just can't discern, like, do I believe, you know, the goop versus, you know, CNN? Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's whatever blog thing. I did she, not know what you're talking you didn't about. Know that? <laughs> I didn't know that? Goop? Goop, right? Like she couldn't come up with a better name for uh, it. Anyhow, what is your source? How reputable is the source? Where are they getting their information from? How has this been verified and, and documented, right? Then yeah. there's also that confirmation bias. Yes. We look for things that support what we already believe, exactly and we right. naturally discount things that aren't Don't in support it. of what we already believe. And then it's – so it's whoever gets to that – person first. So if I get to you first and I say the world's going to fall apart tomorrow, it's going to be very hard to get you to believe yeah, otherwise. Well, here's my evidence, right? The here's sun is elements. going down. Watch, look, the sun is going down. It the is going wind to is going to kick up and yeah. you know when you it gets windy, done. the and earth is separating. You have to have evidence of the contrary. Well, wait a second. But after that happened, you know, right. X number of hundreds of thousands of times before the sun came back up on the other side. You know, without mm -hmm. that information, well, I'm just saying, if you if you got to me first and right. said, this is the very first day I'm experiencing, and you're like, hey, the world ends tonight, and it's the first time watching the sun go down, I'm like, yep, you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So you're right, that information that's first to get to you. It's like 5G, this idea. You I was going to say, it. tie it back to 5G for me. Why would somebody be motivated to believe that the COVID vaccine is actually injecting them with 5G? Oh, with 5G. Well, that one is ridiculous. That's like That's like a... The Onion article, sort of that one. What about the like, mark of the beast? Well, a lot though, of people feel that five G. I did hear about that. Yes, I know. This idea of five uh, G. If you are afraid of five G, which is like an increased wavelength, you know, of of cellular data transmission, mm -hmm. then uh, 
<laughs> you know, everyone's saying, well, this increased wavelength is going to be terrifying and detrimental. It's going to cause cancer and it causes headaches. Well, then you should be like horrified of microwaves, the sun, light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were really afraid that an increased wavelength is going to cause all this trauma, well, there's infinitely higher wavelengths out there and you are, you should be really, really horrified of all those things. But why are you picking this one? That, well, it's because it's new. You know, we it's don't unknown, have information about it. And this is it. me being able to put it in. We all want to be yeah. able to put it in its little bin, yeah. in its box. Fact, you know, believe it, not like threat, non-threat. We want to be able to categorize information. And when we can't, well, what do I think about this? The brain does not like indecision. It wants to know where do I put this information and move on to the next thing. And it make sure it's safe wanna, and the next. It doesn't want to sit and spin and contemplate. Yeah. And this is a real quick way. Oh, that. That's messed up. I know exactly where to file that. It is interesting that most conspiracy theories, I'm just thinking are dangerous ones. It's never like, oh, you know, we're all going to, you know, win a million dollars tomorrow. Bill Gates is going to give us all a billion dollars at, you know, come the solstice. It's always like really dangerous. Four days before my birthday. What a great birthday present. (laughs) But it's always, you know, something in danger, which I think plays off of our very base nature of we are going to pay a ton of attention to things that are dangerous, right? Things that are threatening us, we are going to uh, devote a lot of time and attention to, which is answering this listener's question as to why are we so obsessed with these? Well, often they're negative and they're, you know, an immediate risk. So you have to give them attention. Otherwise... Well, because we're all always scanning for threats, right? That's the whole point of the amygdala. We're always like, threat, non-threat. How do I classify? That's the amygdala. And then the other side, well, also, I I think that they are, um, they're ever-changing and they're ever-evolving. And that is something to really... It's, it's hard to put an end to something like that. Conspiracy theories have been around since the beginning of organized civilizations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... This isn't new. Yeah, you could go with all sorts of theories. Like, I was even going back to, you know, the the creation of the gods and our understanding of why the wind blows and uh, thunder is God bowling, you know, and and these ideas... Well, but this is conspiracy theories that are more of, like, I know the real reason, real harm's going to come to everyone but those that know. Ah, Unless you follow the right prophet. Right. Unless you do, unless I got a secret, you don't know. Right. Say the right words. Right. Secret handshake, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So basically people always want to feel secure in their knowledge and have power. Yeah. There's a differentiation. So there's, I think also one of the biggest issues right now is the internet. That you can find somebody who believes something like you and then... You can find 10,000 more. Reddit. Yeah, yes, Reddit, Facebook, you know, referral groups. Twitter. Apparently, if uh, there's all these algorithms on Facebook that if you like a certain group, then it will recommend all of these other conspiratorial groups, and all of a sudden, you're way down this rabbit hole. Um, Have you ever tried to get out of the rabbit hole that Facebook or Google puts you down? You know, I... No, Google, you don't. You YouTube, go, you go YouTube way deep, is the one don't that you? I, no, I was going to say Facebook I don't really use. That's YouTube, true, you I do like YouTube. Yeah. I get stuck in there for a little while. Especially, well, yeah, I was going to say, so so there is a difference between these ideas of delusions 
conspiracy theories, and then these extreme overvalued ideas. You can really break these things down. Um, delusions are a fixed false belief despite evidence to the contrary. Mm -hmm. Right? So a fixed false belief. And what's a how does that differ well, from a conspiracy theory? It's a, it's a really good question. And that's hard to that's hard to break apart but for the fact that we try to say, well, this fixed false belief is solely in an individual versus now you have a whole group of people thinking the same thing. And now it becomes a conspiracy theory. Now, if all of these people have bought into the same idea, and there's this same thing but that is very close to that, which is what molds a delusion into what we call an overvalued, an extreme overvalued idea. So this guy who uh, did the Pizzagate shooting, you know, thought that there was these kids being held hostage in a pedophile ring in the basement. So of he a pizza knows a pizza in parlor. DC. Yeah. And he knows that he needs to go save these children because he had two daughters. He apparently wanted to go save them and felt that it was the right thing to do. And there's everybody on the Internet saying this is happening. You can't call the police because the police are in on it. So what else is there left to do? You ha Somebody has to do something. Mm -hmm. So he says, I'm that guy. I'm going to go stop this. If nobody else will, I will. And as soon as he found out, the evidence was, oh, my gosh, there's not actually a basement in this place. And this definitely isn't happening. You can abandon that idea very quickly. A delusion you could not abandon quickly. You'd be like, well, they probably just hid the basement better. Or all these people are now lying to me. There is a basement. They just, I just never found it. Whereas the delusion will persist and a fit over extreme overvalued idea is one that multiple people believe that you really cling on to, glom on to, and then have a hard time letting go of. Uh, until you, you're faced with the evidence. And then once you see the evidence, the fact, you're, you know, like, oh, got it. My bad. I didn't mean to unload a bunch of, you know, AR-15 rounds into the wall of your pizza parlor. Yeah, I don't know. I have some thoughts, but I can't articulate I know, and I feel them like right we're going to just crush an hour easily this way. I know. Should we I do the next question? I think that's our last question for the day. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my, it was a my good brain question. hurts. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a good question. Thanks, guys, for listening. Yeah, dear Sigmund, DearSigmund.com, Post your questions. This is for entertainment and uh, educational purposes only. Even though we do know what we're talking about, barely. Don't sue us. <laughs> Bye. Bye.